0: most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report. Oh, with WWE Hall of Famer, Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Slover Knocker Audio from Los Angeles, California, at the mighty Westwood One Studios. I am good old JR, Jim Ross. Thank you very much for being with us. Man, we have got a packed show here, folks. A lot of news to cover. Huge weekend for WWE In in Brooklyn, a lot of great things are going on around the wrestling world that we're going to try to talk about and give you an opinion on uh, as best we can. But later in this show, we're going to be talking to the amazing tag team known as the Young Bucks. They're all in, no pun intended, on a lot of ways. They will be featured stars of the all-in event in Chicago, on Saturday, September the 1st. And, man, that's sneaking up on us quicker than not. Yeah, check all that out on the Fight app. Uh, but we'll talk to Matt and Nick here on the program in just a few minutes. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait because i got to tell you what's on my mind. <laughs> Certainly after a very successful uh, weekend, a few days, if you will, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, uh, great uh productivity by WWE and their team. They sold a lot of tickets. They entertained a lot of people. And I was in a position where I could watch everything from start to finish uh, on television. I watched uh, NXT TakeOver. I watched SummerSlam. Well, I watched NXT TakeOver from my home in Norman. Uh, SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown Live I watched on my trusty uh, iPad or USA Network from my hotel in uh, Los Angeles, uh, so I really got a—I think—a decent feel for it. I'm not going to review every single match and what you know what was what sucked and what should have been changed and you know what was us and what are we going to do and she doesn't deserve it and all this other. God, stop it, Mister Johnny. Half empty glass. Just stop it. So uh, let's kick it off with uh, NXT Takeover. That program, these takeover events, and I've had the privilege of being a small part of a couple of them, I believe, never fails to deliver. And that's a lot of pressure because they know, they meaning the powers that be and the talent and the producers, the writers, they know that they always deliver in a big way. Expectations for this brand at these events are exceedingly high. And with that said, the team of everybody involved in the NXT presentation had a successful Saturday night in the Barclays Center. Really a good show. Now, I'm partial to talking about uh, the announcers and because that's what I did. That's what I still do. So, And I think I got a good feel for that, uh, that, those critiques or that, that feedback. I thought that uh, Mauro Ranallo was as brilliant a point guard, for the lack of a better description, on that show as anyone could have been. Uh, he, he got the ball, so to speak, to Nigel McGinnis and to Percy Watson uh, in a timely manner. They were a big part of the broadcast. So I thought that the broadcast at NXT TakeOver was one of the most uh, sound broadcasts that I've heard from WWE in a long time, no matter the brand. So congratulations to those dudes. I was—I uh, thought the show from start to finish was entertaining. I never felt like when is this going to end? When can I get up and go make a sandwich? Uh, you know, I want to stay glued. I want to stay hooked, as they say in Oklahoma. So, uh, great opener. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the tag match: Roddy Strong and uh, Kyle O'Reilly, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. They got it, man. They they got the crowd just perfect. They set the table. And that's what you always want. You've heard me tell the story of Eddie Guerrero having to open up a pay-per-view. He was all pissed off. And he came to me as a talent racist guy. and wh- What's going on? Am I, being, am I being jobbed out or whatever? I'm up on the opener. And I explained to him the concept of being how important it was to have a main event level match as your opening match on a pay-per-view. We saw that at SummerSlam. I mean, you know, it's, it's a good concept. Now you can say, well, I think it should be built to where you have this match. And, uh, so the lesser important matches go on early and you build, build, build. That's another concept that, that certainly will work, but it's not what WWE utilizes. And I understand I, as a television, uh, producer type, I like that concept of starting off with something big, get me emotionally involved early and often, uh, Really, some creative finishes there. Uh, I thought were uh, just a really creative and, and innovative. Uh, I, there was no. I don't remember any disqualifications. I don't remember any countouts. Uh, if there was one, I don't remember it. So it doesn't matter if there had one or not. I just don't remember it. So the majority of the finishes were were definitive finishes, where it either where they in the ideal world they advance both entities, if there's a singles match, obviously. Uh, and, the course, the finishes, uh, Champa and Gargano had an amazing finish, had an amazing match. It was the only match that we, it should have and did close the show in a big way. Uh, really amazing chemistry, these two dudes. But their finish was so creative. I didn't call it. I thought Gargano was going to win this thing all along. And I love the fact that uh, I, I got... Uh, snookered on this deal. Loved it. Uh, I like the finish of Shayna Baszler and uh, Kyrie Sane because it was an old-school finish I hadn't seen in years. But it's a way that the big, bruising, more powerful villain can lose but not lose credibility or, or stature in the eyes of the fan base. Very well executed. And one thing that made it that was the fact that Kyrie Sane sold – Sold, sold. And when she got pissed off, I felt it, felt it, felt it. So uh, T- Kyrie set the table, made Shayna look even stronger. Shayna gets uh, out, out, out wrestled, out maneuvered, and a lot of her own momentum was the cause of that. So good match. Uh, I, I really like Ricochet and Adam Cole, two of the best guys uh, out there. It'll be interesting to see how they are utilized when they move up to the next level and they will move up to the next level because they're just too damn good to not. So they, they turned it on. A lot of respect for both those two guys. Uh, uh, so really good effort uh, for NXT TakeOver, in my view, in Brooklyn. Now, moving on to SummerSlam, I, uh, I thought that the AJ styles Joe match was the best match on the card. Uh, I love the presentation uh, where Roman Reigns... Uh, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman uh, had, uh, getting ready to set the table for their match, and there's Braun Strowman. I thought that was extremely creative. Uh, well-structured, strong story, and it gave all those men in that in that equation the chance to do what they do best in their skill set. Good stuff. Good, Very good booking. Uh, I like the demon persona of Finn Balor. I think he's a He's, I don't, I don't like the promos where everybody's talking about how small he is. That's like talking about Bobby Lashley and it was not a great MMA fighter, which is also ridiculous, but why would you want to sell and you can't, you know, negative sales just don't work. I remember I, I've done that inadvertently and got my fanny chewed out by the boss, shedded, as I say, cause you don't sell, you don't sell negative, negative. Well, he's 300 pounds, and boy, is he slow. (laughs) Well, he's 300 pounds, and man, he is quick as a cat. There, now, okay, now you're going the right direction. You can embellish. Remember, it's fiction, kids. Uh, So I thought that was a a nice presentation. I don't want to see it every week. I don't want to see it every month. I don't want to see it every pay-per-view. Maybe selectively, uh, at when it really, really fits, at a major pay-per-view event, the next time I was scheduled to see uh, uh, the Demon would be at WrestleMania, unless he's in a singles issue at Royal Rumble, maybe. But WrestleMania would be the next time the Demon would be rolled out. It keeps it fresh, keeps it new, and there's not so much repetity. Uh, you don't want it to get old, certainly. But I don't like the fact that sometimes uh, Finn's size or perceived lack thereof. Uh, is uh, put in the minds of the fans. I just say this, sometimes when writers write that kind of content, they could tell you pretty much that they've never had their ass whipped by a smaller dude. And if you grow up in a state like I have, where amateur wrestling is king, you find a lot of 120, 130-pounders that will literally whip your ass and be happy to do it. And they do it sometimes as entertainment for their bigger buddies. It's just illogical. Uh, I like uh, Daniel Bryan and Miz. I, they kept the issue alive. Uh, I thought that something was in the baby carriage and not the baby, obviously. And then she pulls out the brass knuckles, She named Maurice. I thought maybe they would have Marjo in the baby carriage with just a little bonnet on. That'd be freaky, Marjo. I like that show, by the way, Miz and missus I'm enjoying. It. I watched it uh, last night as I record this. After uh, After SmackDown Live, I'll say this. Marjo is a viable character in that uh, reality show. And she has some amazing teeth. They're huge. They're they're pearly white. <laughs> Funny show. Anyway, Miz and and Daniel Bryant, the issue's still alive. They have amazing chemistry. They got a, a deep-rooted story, long just been, it's been around. Good stuff, and I expect more good stuff from them. Uh and I believe that with Miz working with Daniel Bryan, is going to do nothing but make B- Miz a better bell-to-bell talent because Daniel Bryan's got an amazing motor, a uh, hellacious skill set, and Miz, uh, like all of us, has a, a good-sized ego. He doesn't look like he's sucking hind teeth yeah. in a match with Daniel Bryan. Uh, the triple threat match at SummerSlam, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte... I was not overwhelmed the fact that it was a triple threat match, but I understand why, because they needed to do a triple threat match to get Charlotte involved so they could spin off with Charlotte and Becky. So I get the logic. I think the match may have been better if it were not a triple threat match as far as the practical application of it. Uh, I think that Becky Lynch uh, uh, is should be, in my view anyway, a, uh, a, a babyface. Fan favorite. I loved her here on the show. She was a a wonderful guest. You can tell she's got a genuine heart, how bad she wants to succeed, how badly she wants to to succeed. So, uh, and I think Charlotte, I said this on a a busted open interview I did uh, midweek with Dave LaGreca and and Bully Ray, great friends and a great radio show, by the way, uh, on Sirius XM, uh, that, that when they said, they started giving Charlotte her last name Flair. When she became Charlotte Flair, I expect some flair, and I expect some dirtiest flair in the game. I expect for someone to do whatever he or she can do to maintain their lofty position, and in this case, as the champion. So I think that Charlotte probably would actually enjoy being that lightning rod, that polarizing figure. That's a you know, a, 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 as a villain. Or at least a quasi villain. But the bottom line is that Becky needs to be a clear cut underdog baby face trying to succeed. We all can identify with that story. So, um, and it's also, think about this human nature, human, the human element. When I signed Mick Foley to, to come to WWE, I needed a dancing partner for The Undertaker. We have a seven foot, 300 pound baby face. Some fans have issues processing why I should be concerned uh, when uh, the Undertaker is, quote-unquote, in trouble, when he's in jeopardy, when he's selling, Cause, because he was usually so much bigger than his adversaries. So Charlotte is that way to a certain degree. Hogan was the same way. Uh, you know, he, was, he was bigger than most of the heels that he worked with. You've got to be careful. You've got to really be sensitive on how that's presented. It's just hard to have a 5-foot, 5-inch heel uh, looking dangerous and putting a 6-foot-1 baby face in jeopardy, human nature. So uh, I enjoyed the better part of SummerSlam. Uh, A lot of TV. I watched all of it. uh, But I did think that Samoa Joe and AJ Styles had the best match on the card, and I I believe that uh, a lot of folks are agreeing with me on that, that case. And that's another one. I wouldn't normally adhere and like a, a disqualification finish unless it fits. the fits the parts. Everything lines up. That lined up to be really, really compelling and personal. The match, the personal elements of the match with AJ and Samoa Joe seemingly to me trumped the uh, WWE title. And that's not a really good thing, but it's not a bad thing as far as giving me more reasons than one to want to watch the match. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I understand, too, some people are concerned. And I'm not concerned, but I do believe that the WWE title should be, always will be, in my eyes, more viable than the universal title. That's just me. It has nothing to do with who's holding it. The WWE title and the and the tenure that it has in our psyche has a hell of a lot of years ahead of start over the universal title, which also speaks to my point, There's maybe there are too many titles. Uh, that could be, could be true. They get watered down. So there's that uh, raw, strong show because of the finish. The Shield back together was an epic moment for WWE. Uh, and it's just hard to hear a soundtrack of how wonderful it is to see the Shield back together when three guys are beating up one. It's count, it's, my mind is seeing three guys beating up one in a gang attack, and I'm hearing that this is wonderful. What? What? That's one of those, did you see that lines? Did you hear that? It, 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 you got, uh, to me, you lay out, you let it play out. Fans are going to boo who they want and cheer who they want. But the bottom line, Stone Cold would say, is the shield is back together. And I, I perceive that to be a good thing. I'm a faction guy. I love the horsemen. I love the free birds. You know, uh, all that stuff. You know that I love those factions, the Andersons. Uh, where they have more than than two guys. So uh, a lot of great uh, factions. I can see others putting themselves together to have another faction to combat the Shield. The question would be, uh, will it be a heel faction or will it be a babyface faction against the Shield? And I don't know the answer to that right now. All those guys in the Shield are big-time stars. They all got great opportunities to make a lot of money and I think that this, the faction thing will be very uh, beneficial to them in the long haul. Uh, so good, good for that. Really good. Uh, it's hard to think that the Shield's going to be booed. We have to give them a better narrative and position them with a little bit of, in a shadow of controversy in a antagonist event for that to happen. So, uh, but it's intriguing booking. I like it. I can't wait to see more of it. It was good for Raw. It was a great way to end the show. I I thought that Triple H's promo was extremely good. Uh, and egocentrically, I will admit, with full transparency, I always feel good when they don't forget about me. And they use some of my sound bites and these packages to tell these stories. And I'm just being honest. Just being honest, that's all. Uh, and I was happy to hear that. It made me feel good. And, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that, right? So, they want to sell tickets. I mean, why how they did it? why they did the promo so early? The event's in October. It's on October the sixth, which by the way is the same day Oklahoma plays Texas, so I guess where I'm gonna be. Never mind. That'll be another bridge across at a later date. Uh, but they knew they gotta sell tickets. That's why I did the promo. And he and he did a great job of positioning himself in the Undertaker. These two old gunslingers are gonna to return to Dodge City. They're going to walk down the thoroughfare, and they're going they're going to draw for the last time. I, I, I like that story. Uh, I thought that the uh, interaction with uh, Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey uh, is was was uh, a surprise, and you can also see a very uh, viable role for Shayna Baszler, who's no longer the NXT champion, as an ally to Stephanie McMahon to counteract uh, Ronda Rousey. You say, well, that's just like Vince and Austin. Yeah, hello. That's, that's going to work. doesn't mean... It, well, that's uh, predictable. It's not predictable. And it's doable. And it's real. And it makes sense. And if anybody on this roster can give Ronda Rousey a run for her money realistically, physically, inside a pro wrestling ring, it's Shayna Baszler. Just makes too damn much sense. So, uh, a good story being told there and uh Rhonda will continue to improve it's not too much too soon in my view uh she's a star people want to see her they like her she's got international name identity if you're a marketer what the hell is there not to like about that so i i and i believe that her game will continue to improve because she's a she's a world-class athlete and world-class athletes don't like to uh, be at the back of the line or the middle of the line or in the pack. They want to stand out. I think that's uh, Rhonda's mindset. Uh, I like the six women tag on on Raw, but I'll be honest with you, uh, there's no story there. I like the talents in it. They really had a nice match, but it didn't have the emotional investment that it needed to have because of the the storytelling. And I like the fact that the, the villains get a, you know, they got something back out of it. You got to keep, you got to keep, heel. if heels don't stay hot on television, you screw yourself. You're in bad shape. You got to have heat on TV to do any kind of business in the live events. And the live event business is still a big component for WWE and any other company and for the talents. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, stay on the women thing, I, I saw, I remember it was, I think, announced on SummerSlam. Uh, Trish Stratus to come back uh, to take on uh, uh, Alexa Bliss. I love the booking. Uh, big fans of both ladies. But I thought that Trish is undersold. I thought it was almost a throwaway line. And there wasn't the separation or, and the exclusivity that you would give to a Hall of Fame female coming out of quote-unquote retirement for one match against a, you know, arguably your best female villain in the entire company. So that's my take on that deal. And I'm biased because, you know, we brought Trish on board under my my watch and uh, she had an amazing run. And was always a great representative to our company. Uh, and finally, uh, it seems like tag matches are cold. I understand and I appreciate WWE trying to make tag teams mean something. But they seem to lack depth as far as the character. I love the B-team. They're good kids. They're a comedy act. New Day, comedy act. Yeah, the Usos, money. Uh, you now you got Harper and Rowan. Uh, Rowan's gonna have I think, bicep surgery, so he's gonna be out for several months. So that's put a bosh on that deal. I like the revival. They're not a comedy act. They're wrestlers. But you got to give them a story, and somewhere along the way, you say, "Well, how, JR, what would you do?" I get, I get. At least two teams hot that wouldn't be wrestling each other. They kept winning and winning and winning and found their fast cross. And I got teams with momentum on both sides of the ring uh, uh, for the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Now here we go. I want to see this. And finally, turning to SmackDown Live, uh, the things that stood out to me the most were the verbiage that was provided Becky Lynch. I thought it missed its mark. Uh, and I think there's going to be. Uh, Adjustments made to that. Somebody told me that, I think uh, Bubba Dudley told me that WWE has sent out a something on .com where they had omitted and edited out the negative things that Becky said that a quote-unquote wrestling villain would normally say. Becky's not a, a wrestling villain, folks. She's a babyface, And she's a baby face for reasons that we can all, no matter what our walk of life is, can identify with. She's the underdog. She has a great heart. Nobody tries harder to be successful than Becky Lynch, I can feel that I felt it on the show when we did it. I, I felt it when she did that promo on Tuesday Tuesday night. Look, her she was so excited, so nervous, so into that promo, it was like uh, her mouth kept getting dry. She and I've had I've been there, man. I that's now when that happens. Uh, there's something going on that is more meaningful than playing a bad girl or good girl wrestler. To Becky, that was about life. She was telling you about her life there. And as she told about it here on this program. So I I think that maybe, as I said earlier, the roles may be reversed. I love the action that she had with Charlotte. You know, Charlotte was very uh, giving on uh, making sure Becky had what Becky needed in that confrontation. So I, I really appreciate their efforts a lot. I just think that maybe, as I said, time will tell. But I can see Becky as a very popular baby face, a lot of fire, a great look, a great, uh, her accent, her Irish accent is is, is a, absolutely, a, a, you know, really special. You listen, you listen to her, and uh, she's just honest. So, and I think Charlotte would love, as I said earlier, being a villain. And she's got the body for it, the look, the pedigree, the name, and the, I think the inclination. If she watched her dad all her life, and she did, what was he the best at? Being a, a villain. There was never, a lo- over a longer period of time, a better pro wrestling villain than Ric Flair. End of story. Look all you want. Do all your polls. Uh, you, you can go on Twitter, at JRSBBQ, and tell me I'm an idiot. I'm too old. It's passing me by. The thing about it, difference in me and some of you, is that I, I know him. I've seen him, and I've called the matches. When a wrestler can make it easy for you to pick up their story and add the narrative to their music, you know how good they really are. So that's what I think about that. I loved AJ's, the facial expression being interviewed by Renee Young. Uh, it was clear he was in character, having a hard time handling what happened on Sunday with his wife and his lovely little girl at ringside uh, and Joe bringing them into the uh, discussion in a very personal way, which felt very real to me. And then all of a sudden, AJ has what he has to say, and here comes the big guy. From behind, rear naked choke, good nighty night, AJ. And uh, I'm glad they kept that open. I am glad that uh, Samoa Joe got some steam uh, added to his persona with those actions. Really, really good stuff there. And and that really was the things that, you know that that I thought were were really stood out. I thought that we saw a side of Jeff Hardy against Randy Orton that we had not seen. I I I didn't admonish, but I I said I expressed my regrets and my apprehension uh, of the big bump that Jeff took off the top rope where he landed flat back on the apron, uh, and I think that's ill advised. I love this kid. I, you know, I, I was right there with our team hiring him and his brother Matt back in the day when they were sewing their own uh, wrestling attire. Teenagers. Yeah, I knew they were too young. We all knew that, but you kind of turn your head sometimes and it all worked out, thank God. But his body's been racked and it, the rumors are he's uh, having back issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How can that be a surprise? How do you take swanton bombs off ladders and cages and other, any other thing that's not nailed down and uh, think it's going to be okay? It's not. So, cumulatively, uh, there's disaster there uh, awaiting. Just don't want to take any more chances. That's just me. Maybe, again, well, you take all that. Then Here's what people say on social media. Well, JR, but if you take all that out, man, take all that out, man. Here, what do we got? What do you want to do? Wear wolf tights and black low-cut boots and just lay in a headlock or, or a rest hold? How can somebody get their push? I can't get my push if we don't do spots. And those spots need to be on the outside of the ring. God, I get that all the time. It's funny. Everybody's got their opinion. I don't belittle them. I don't go on too much, too often to go on with revenge tweets. But in any event, uh, I'm weary of of that bump. But a solid show, as always. It seems like, and I don't know necessarily if it's only the third hour making the difference. It seems to me at times there's more continuity in the SmackDown show and the segues are more natural uh, to me. It's, it kind of feels that way to me. So, uh, but anyway, that's what I thought of uh, SmackDown Live. Earlier, I talked about uh, the uh, NXT Takeover show, and I, I got to tell you, I was multitasking during that NXT Takeover show. Uh, I was cooking, and I'm building an outdoor kitchen uh, in my pat on my patio in my home in Norman. And doing a bunch of outdoor work and construction guys has been there for like three weeks. It's all cool. But my my grill, my Weber grill that I use religiously, Weber should be a sponsor of this program. Somebody figure that out. Uh, but in any event, I got this, you know, this great stash of Omaha steaks. I'm there. I got, you know, I got a buddy coming over. We're going to have a beer, you know, a resting fan buddy. So, you know, he hears I'm going to do Omaha Steaks, same old deal. Nobody turns you down when you invite them over to your house to have Omaha Steaks. They'll be there. So don't throw out a faux invitation and mention Omaha Steaks and think they're not coming because they are. And, you know, fall grilling season is here. Great weather for a lot of us. It's time to stock up on Omaha Steaks, folks. And, you know, they got uh, all kinds of great packages and it's all delivered and a great, great array of deliciousness. 100% The 100% guaranteed world class steaks burgers, franks and more and the and more is pretty damn cool here and for a limited time here's what I'm excited about, listen to this if you remember nothing else, remember this the family gourmet buffet package from Omaha Steaks is only forty nine ninety nine. and here's the payoff that's 75% off that's a lot of, that's a lot of off uh I had, a, the, the steaks worked out well, the wrestling was amazing, and uh, I, I just really believe in this brand. My children know more often than not when there's a, an anniversary or something in the summertime or they're going to have a family thing, dad's going to buy them Omaha steak, a steak Package. That's just what we do. That's how much I believe in this sponsor, and they're more than a sponsor. I feel akin to them in that respect. But, you know, Labor Day, football season, summertime, family cookouts. Man, here you are, man. So here's the thing. The quality is the highest quality of cuts with one-of-a-kind flavor you're going to find. Period. End of story. High quality. Age 21 days to unlock the full flavor and tenderness of the cuts. Variety. I like this. It's not just steaks, even though that's a name. Omaha Steaks. The best cuts of beef. Bison, which I dearly love. It's healthy is good for you, too. From the Golden Plains, by the way, that bison. Uh, globally sourced and frozen fresh seafood from World Port Seafood is available. All kinds of chicken, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, and get this for my fat friends like me, desserts. And the thing about it is, you can customize these packages. You know, they give you the option to customize the cuts for your needs, for your taste. Uh, What's the hell of a deal? You get fine recipes, all kinds of good stuff there in uh, with them. So I'm just saying this, folks. Listen to what you're going to get. If you buy the, if you go to OmahaSteaks.com, type J-R in the search bar, uh, you'll get 75% off the Omaha Steaks Family Gourmet package, 75%. That's a hell of a savings. And, and here's what you get for that uh, 75% off. Two filet mignons, two bold beefy top sirloins, two juicy boneless pork chops, four crispy chicken fried steaks. Ain't nothing better than chicken fried steak, Mama said, and she'd make good gravy. Juicy all beef meatballs, a twelve ounce package by the way, and they're good. They're damn good meatballs. Four savory Omaha steak burgers, my friend Howard Finkel's favorite. Four deli-style gourmet jumbo franks. Four customer favorite, potatoes au gratin. Man, those are good, too. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. If you're a tartlet, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. And uh, one Omaha Steaks uh, uh, seasoning packet. And, but wait, that's not all. You get four more grill ready burgers for free. So here's how you do it. Limited time package, forty nine ninety nine, great gifts, great for the family, great for many occasions. Just go to OmahaStakes.com, type J R in the search bar. Ryan right there, didn't it? J R in the search bar. And add the family gourmet package to your cart. The offer will end soon. You don't want to wait now. Go to OmahaStakes.com. Type JR in the search bar, grab your friends, fire up the family grill, and you can invite me over and thank me later. Yes, indeed, ladies and gents, I do love me some Omaha Steaks. Hope you will try that great package, save 75%. And uh, continuing on here with uh, what's on my mind, uh, I want to thank the folks in Nashville last week for uh, their hospitality at Zaney's, the media, enjoyed seeing Dixie Carter. We went to lunch at Raphael Morphy, my producer, and I. Uh, Raphael had worked for Dixie for a long time at, at Impact. So uh, we went to a nice place she selected for lunch. Enjoyed catching up with her and uh, just chatting very casually. So it's always good to be seen in public at my age with a with a lovely woman that's younger than you. That's one of our goals, guys. We're getting the AARP range and, you know, we're, we're, we're single. Just this, this, the, the show's good. 8 by 10, the selfie's good. Uh. <laughs> But I enjoy talking to Dixie. She's a nice lady. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. Thanks, uh, Conrad Thompson. Connie! Oh, my God. And he brought his chinks. He's getting married. I'm going on the honeymoon with Connie. Conrad Thompson, the uh, genius podcast marketeer, uh, was there. Appreciate him uh, driving up from Huntsville, Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and his lovely wife, Karen. It's always good to see Jeff. It's always great to see his wife, uh, Ron Harris, er, uh, Lucha, former DOA tag team member. Ron and Don uh, came by. They even helped Rafael un- do some uh, unload our books and our merchandise. Uh, did did Ron? I missed him. I don't know how that happened. So uh, it was good. And we want to thank the folks in Nashville Accumulus for letting us use their facility. For producer Dan, who just did a hell of a job. Uh, making this thing work, where we recorded the uh, Ric Flair interview, which, by the way, next week will be part two of that interview. Next week. Uh, so uh, thanks to Dixie and all the guys uh, for that. Nice trip to Nashville. Boy, Nashville's changing like crazy. Downtown, Nash- I see what they call it, Nash Vegas. They just need casinos downtown, they're there. Music. So crazy people. Crazy people. As I mentioned on uh, the beginning of the program, I'm in Los Angeles at the mighty Westwood One Studios with our producer, Ted. And uh, I was here in L.A. to do six access uh, TV shows for New Japan, all G1, including the finals. So we had the, it was nut-cutting time yesterday. We did three TV shows, and one show was only the final, Uh, only the final, Tanahashi and Ibushi. So it was a great day to be a wrestling broadcaster, those two days. Some really heavy-duty stuff uh, that we enjoyed calling Josh Barnett and I. I'll be back uh, in Long Beach on Sunday, September the 30th for a live show with New Japan and Access TV. And my partner Josh is going to be, I think, uh, going to be unavailable for that event because of a a box or a uh, fight. One of his fighters is in a big fight in Japan at Ryzen the rising promotion, against Bob Sapp, believe it or not. Remember that name? I said, well, what you got to do there, Josh? <laughs> now I'm coaching. Uh, blow him up in 60 seconds Bob will probably be out of breath. If you're going to avoid the haymakers and the, and the kill shots. I think you guys got him. So uh, I'm not sure that Josh is going to be able to get back in time to broadcast that's still being worked on. But if not, that opens up a an opportunity for somebody to uh, sit out there and get booed like me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, sit out there and have fun. And call some action. So we got got a pretty good plan. Access TV, as good of people as I've ever worked with. You know, Danny, Zach, and all those dudes that work hard and crew. uh, Just a joy to be around. So all all good, all good. So if you haven't got a ticket for uh, September the 30th, you might want to jump on that project sooner than later. Uh, We said we're going to talk to the Young Bucks here in a little bit. We are. Uh, They're going to be a part of the uh, September 1st event in Chicago all in which is an amazing uh, uh, piece of business I can't wait to talk to them about and uh, I think maybe with, my, with the 11 a.m. kickoff on Saturday September the 1st uh, Oklahoma hosting Lane Kiffin, pretty little Lane Kiffin's uh, Florida Atlantic University team that uh, I might be able to catch a flight and get to Chicago on Saturday night to watch a little wrestling because I uh, I uh, apparently didn't get enough of it last weekend. <laughs> I watched wrestling Saturday, Sunday, but four days in a row. Uh, my late wife would say, honey, are you worried about burnout? <laughs> no. I've been doing this for a long time. I love it. I love it. So, I'm looking forward to uh, September 1st. I want to get there in time to watch the wrestling show. And then I may do something with Connie on Sunday. never know. never know. i I know Raphael's bringing sauce and jerky. Ted's going to be there. Producer Ted. Uh, he's got some something going on podcast-wise. Podcasts going to be a big deal, folks. Hey, turning to Impact Wrestling, uh, they're bound for glory events taking place in New York City's Melrose Ballroom. Happy to help promote any them or any other wrestling company uh, on the show. Uh, we just need your information from time to time. It's funny when we have the opportunity to help so many people. And some of them just drop the ball and don't send you nothing. So Raphael and Ted and myself will go find stuff, but it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that challenging. That's my same theory on me retweeting and helping promote other podcasts and other guys' appearances and things. It's just not reciprocal. It's just not reciprocal. That's the egos in large part and paranoia and insecurities of many of my brethren uh, in this world of pro wrestling. And the uh, Bound for Glory event is going to be on Sunday, October the 14th. Tickets are going to sell this Saturday, August 25. Uh, check impactwrestling.com for details on that. Support that organization. They could use it. Next week, uh, as we many of us know, the wrestling crazy people, that the PWI 500 edition is coming out uh, later this month. And uh, we're going to be chatting with the new Mr. Number One and a special presentation here next week with Pro Wrestling Illustrator's Dan Murphy. Uh, so we, uh, we're we looking forward to that. Uh, and anxious to hear who you think should be the PWI's number one. I'd like to know your opinion on that. And you can let, let me know at, uh, at JR's JRSBBQ, JRSBBQ on Twitter. Just curious what your thoughts are. Who should be number one in the PWI? And we'll find out conclusively uh, and officially next week. I had to cheat, I tell you this, I cheated. Uh Steve Sachs sent me a cover. I know who it is. And and uh, I couldn't have picked a better guy. You're gonna like it, I think. Uh, we mentioned earlier that it relates to a great promo on Raw promoting Melbourne. Uh, we know that they've loaded the card up, they want a full house, they've got to sell tickets. That's the mission. That's their mission. Sell it out. Sell it out. Uh, and I see where John Cena's going to be there. He's now going to team with Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and uh, Elias, and then of course uh, the Undertaker Triple H match uh, will be a in-ring psychological clinic. I don't know how many Herc and Ronas you are going to see. I don't know how many big flat back bumps you are going to see on the apron, but you are going to see one hell of a psychological sound storytelling wrestling match, uh, and I I can't wait to watch it. On the same day, I'll be attending the OU Texas game. Wink, wink. Uh, happy for MLW. They they're they're growing their brand. MLW.com for all the information. They got a, a big war games coming up on September the sixth. A war games match. Uh, they're they're seen on Friday nights on BN Sports. That event's going to be live in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Two ten ten man team, ten man war games. Two five man teams. And Court Bowers doing a nice job with those cats support them, find out what they're doing find out what they're all about at uh, MLW.com I mentioned that I was in Los Angeles this week doing some voiceovers for Access TV and speaking of that uh, network uh, this Friday night is a double header of New Japan Action both from the A Block and the B Block of the G1 tournament Omega Tamatonga, Ishii Godo, uh, Tanahashi Evil don't you remember Harvey Corman and Blazing Saddles? He was evil. And uh, Okada versus Suzuki. I loved that match. It's like the old guy, older guy, who's the baddest man on the planet in the wrestling, I'll tell you. He was uh, having some fun with Okada, who's no slouch. Good stuff. Eight o'clock, seven central, Friday nights on Access TV. And, of course, the uh, G1 Climax will be running through September on Friday nights on Access TV. So it's been a very good week, busy week. And uh, we're excited to talk to the Bucks here in a few moments. I'll have more uh, inside opinion. But for right now, ladies and gents, that's what's on my mind. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. You could get into a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver or call a taxi. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing is for sure, folks. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Oh my God, well, it's knocker of the Week Time. A lot of great candidates, folks. And remember, uh, we're also moving into the modern age here, screaming and kicking for me. No kidding. Uh, for all you Amazon Alexa users out there, uh, just enable the skill by saying Alexa. Enable the Jim Ross Report skill. After that, has been done. You're in business. Simply say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross Report. So, also, for those of you that are uh, Google Home users, uh, just say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross Report. Or, okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross Report. You get the drift. So, check that out. Do that when you can. And uh, make your listing... Uh, a little easier. Just just thought I'd bring that up. So as I said, it's slobberknocker of the week time. A lot of candidates this week, viable candidates uh, from the world of wrestling and of beyond, quite frankly. Uh, I saw a lot of wrestling this weekend, as I mentioned earlier, between eating my own wild steaks and, and grilling and enjoying my company, uh, the company of others. I actually enjoy my own company sometimes, but that's another story. Uh, I started a long car trip. I'll tell you about it next time we're together. Uh, Roman Reigns finally defeats Brock Lesnar, gets the monkey off his back and he is uh, the new universal champion certainly a viable candidate guy's been on a hell of a journey He's been lined. he's uh, polarizing I get all that stuff but uh, I, I looking behind the scenes I have a hard time getting miffed uh, or making a big deal out of uh, Roman Reigns Issues? Is he a fan favorite? Is he a villain? You know, or is he being force fed down my throat? Why should I? Why shouldn't I revolt and be defiant? I don't know. I can't help you on that one. I like the guy. He's reliable, he's durable, he has a great look, he's physically tough. I would tell you that Roman Reigns is one of the few guys that probably has wrestled with Brock Lesnar in the last few years that haven't been intimidated by Lesnar's presence. Reigns is not afraid. Even though it's Brock Lesnar who's a bad, bad man. Uh, Ronda Rousey, certainly a candidate for Slobber Knocker of the Week. She won the Raw Women's title. Uh, and, of course, heading into the big uh, Evolution pay-per-view on October the 28th in Nassau Coliseum. And by the way, tickets to that event, this all-women's pay-per-view will go on sale uh, this Saturday at Ticketmaster.com if you Want to check that out? Uh, I got to believe they'll sell that that event out quicker sooner than later in the Nassau Coliseum on Long, Long Island, Long Island. It's hard for me with an Oklahoma accent to say Long Island like I'm a a Jewish fellow from Long Island. I can't do it. I'm trying. I have to work on that uh, the linguistics of that. So congratulations to Rhonda. Uh, and again, she's being maligned because she hasn't quote unquote paid her dues. I find it re- amazing that somebody on Twitter with thirteen followers, who apparently think they have all the knowledge in the world of what who do, who's do what, would say that she does she doesn't deserve uh, the title because she hasn't quote unquote paid her dues. Now, what the hell does that mean? What does paying your dues mean in your vernacular? And I don't know that any of us, including myself, who's been around longer than dirt, would say. Well, this is what you got to do to pay your dues. Stupid. Uh, I like the Velveteen Dream I mentioned on this program. I think this kid will headline a WrestleMania someday. There's no reason he cannot. He has charisma, imagination, athleticism. He's bold, and he has no fear of trying things different. Hey, when a cat goes out there, unbeknownst to upper management, with call me up vents on his back of his tights, he's got some cojones. I like that. So uh, he's a kid, had a good week, could have been Slobber Knocker of the Week on a, on another week. Uh, I love the card, and you heard me talk about NXT, the title matches are all good. You know, Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, Ricochet, North American title, by the way. My first favorite North American champion was the Cowboy Bill Watts. That title's been around a long time. And Kyrie Singh and Shannon Baszler had a great uh, women's match. All good stuff. Uh, I was tempted to name the Eagles my Slobber Knocker of the Week because they broke the uh, all-time best-selling album record. It's a sentimental choice for me because my wife Jan and I love the Eagles, which a lot of their concerts uh, is big business for us. So uh, they, their Hotel California is number three. You know, just if you're an Eagles mark like I am, uh, then you got to love this news. But without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, the knocker of the Week goes to the Queen of Soul, a WrestleMania alumni, Aretha Franklin, who passed away just a few days ago. A voice from heaven. Amazing presence. Uh, And even though Madonna kind of doo-dooed on her at the uh, award show that I didn't watch, but I read about, saw the excerpt. Madonna was about putting over Madonna. It might have been a great idea in the quote-unquote writer's room. This is really cool. Madonna comes back. She's 60 years old. She's going to put over Aretha. She didn't put over Aretha. More on that, the Peckin' Goofy sexes. But uh, our respect and our uh, condolences to the friends, the fans of uh, the Queen of Soul, who made uh, more than one mark uh, in a WWE environment. Uh, and we wish her and her fans uh, nothing but the very best. She was a treasure to listen to. But, buddy, let me tell you something. Aretha liked her some Aretha. Aretha liked being a diva. She played her role. She was—that was her character. When Miss Franklin came onto the set or to rehearse or run through a sound check or whatever, you knew who the boss was. And I—I I, I really admire that. She never lost that desire for perfection. So uh, the knocker of the week on the Jim Ross report from the mighty Westwood One: Aretha Franklin.
1: Apparently, they have a pet raccoon.
0: Well, it's Pet Goofy time. I know some of you like this award. I, I kind of think it's fun. Remember, it's mostly all in fun. Don't take things too seriously, please. Uh, it, it's about wrestling. It's not about life. And no, wrestling isn't life. Life is life. Wrestling can be a small part of your life, as it has been a part of mine forever. But it's not life. Uh, and speaking of that, you know, jerry lauder and i'll talk about life our times our life and times uh this thursday night at Zanies in chicago uh nick hoffman of uh, wrestle zone is going to be our MC. it's going to be a fun show you can get your tickets uh, at the box office at in at the Zanies in rosemont the king and jr are gonna have some fun answering your questions meet and greets autographs photo ops all the good stuff at and if you want to go online get your tickets and have it in your hand to you get there it's Rosemont.Zanies.com, and we thank you. Uh, the pet coon goofy Award, I kind of tipped it off. You know, I, I actually thought for a while I might it might be those two police officers in Chicago where I'm headed here in a few moments. Uh, they're in hot water after a picture of them uh, sleeping on the job went viral. And God forbid something go viral, ladies and gentlemen. I'll turn that over to my producer, Ted, and he'll ping your ass. I'll tell you that right now. Whatever that means. He'll do it. Uh, the photo showed these two dudes uh, in a Chicago police uh, vehicle, slumped over and snoozing. Uh, they were also wearing, just for your records, uh, black bulletproof vests, because you never know how those dreams can work out. You got to be careful. I like the fact that some of their uh, allies are saying, "Well, they're overworked and they're just wore out." And then you go back and look at their record or their their, their uh, work record, and they're not. Been that had doing that many over overtime hours, but you know, eat those damn donuts, man. Sometimes you get sleepy, and that's kind of me. What happened? They just they took a nap, and they got busted. So that's not cool, uh, especially when uh, over the weekend, fifty nine people in Chicago were shot. Well, that's good for selling tickets, to Zanies, huh? Fifty nine people got shot. I tell you this: no one will be injured, no animals will be harmed at the, at the J.R. and the King show, promise you. So, uh, but not, a good, not good timing for the, uh, the brave men in black or blue, whatever color they wear there, uh, to be caught sleeping. But without a doubt, the uh, Pet Coon Goofy Award, and I, I, again, as I said, I kind of tipped it off. What the hell is Madonna thinking? Come on. Hey, I love, the, the people that are young at heart. She's 60. She's been around the block many times. All I can tell you is that she was there to open her heart and express herself about Aretha Franklin at the MTV uh, Video Music Awards on Monday night. And uh, I thought she was a little self-serving. The highlights I saw. uh, It just reeked of disingenuality. You know, I I understand wearing the black, the African jewelry I thought was pandering a little bit, the spiky headgear, all that stuff. Uh, And she rambled and rambled, did Madonna. And uh, Miss Franklin, who passed away of pancreatic cancer at the age of 76, uh, actually helped launch Madonna's career. I just thought it was poorly worded, poorly produced. On paper, again, in the writer's room, a lot of things look really good. Think about some of the angles you've seen on TV that you didn't like. But in the writer's room, sometimes it sounds like it's going to be a killer. So I thought that uh, Madonna could have done a much better job honoring Aretha Franklin. And so therefore, without a doubt, hands down, Madonna is this week's Pet Coon Goofy Award winner. Congratulations, Madge. Because you are one lousy son of a... Oh, no! Hey, folks, don't forget that you can buy our products and order our products, get them delivered to your home. From www.shop.com. They deliver throughout North America uh, our products, our sauces, barbecue sauces, ketchup, the lovely chipotle ketchup, jalapeno honey mustard, all-purpose seasoning and rub, beef jerky, all those great things. At www.shop.com, they do a great job of order fulfillment. You get your order packed nicely, safely, and uh, efficiently. So check those guys out. And uh, with some of those great Omaha steaks. Nothing better. A little barbecue, a little ketchup. And that seasoning on those Omaha steaks is uh, so damn good, you can't sit still and eat it. I was telling you. This week in Rasslin, and this is a sentimental favorite of mine, uh, and I'm happy to see it on here. 53 years ago, 53 years ago, August 23, 1965, in the Garden, New York City, Cowboy Bill Watts, my old mentor, defeated the beloved Gorilla Monsoon. Two grown men, well over 300 pounds, that I have had a uh, very uh, hero-worship type relationship with both. I can imagine the match they had. They probably had some fun in that one. You think two 300-pounders want to sell? (laughs) I don't know. They just beat the hell out of each other. Two great guys. I love them both. God bless them both. This one brings back a lot of memories because 19 years ago, it was SummerSlam 1999 in Minneapolis. And the reason for that was not only because mankind captured the WWF world title defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin, not just because Triple H was in a triple threat match uh, with Minnesota Governor Jesse DeBody Ventura as a special guest referee. It was the first time that Vince McMahon physically dies on Brock Lesnar. You never hear that in a lot of places. Brock came to the event. We were recruiting him. Jerry Briscoe was recruiting him heavily on him. He was our number one target. We got him. We got our guy. And he came to watch uh, the show because Brock, had I don't think had ever been to a, a pro wrestling event in his life, was not a fan. Didn't mean he hated it. He just was occupied in working on the farm, playing football and wrestling at a high, high level. So I remember that. I remember Vince walking out of his office and down, the, and I said, Brock Lesnar's here. And I had to refresh his memory who that was. He's just no, no face, no name. Just a Vince didn't know. And so I said, he's standing out here. So when Vince walked by, he's giving a little wave, you know, and then he saw, wait a minute, is that what I think it is? Is that 6'3? Is that 280? Is that blonde hair? Looks like an angry Viking or a Herford bull. So uh, Vince made a little detour, shook Brock's hand, and the rest, as they say, is history. Another one of my favorite uh, This Week in Wrestling moments occurred 18 years ago at a SummerSlam, SummerSlam 2000 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Edge and Christian defended their WWE tag titles in the first three-team TLC tag title match. Say that as you broadcaster and trying to get your stuff together. Versus the North Carolinians, the Hardy Boys, and the Dudleys. And the titles were suspended above the ring it was a, an amazing, amazing display. So proud of the efforts of those three teams. They're all special. They're all Hall of Fame level guys. No doubt about that uh, in my mind. Everybody in that match. Hall of Fame level guy. And they did great things and were innovators 18 years ago in a match that I still remember vividly this day. And that's saying something concerning all the matches that I, I have seen. And, uh, just a great memory for me. And I remember going to a place called Vinny's and having steak. I don't think it's there anymore in, in Raleigh uh, with Vince and some of his inner circle. It was a very celebratory uh, night to say the least because we had a success. We had a hit, What we, what we envisioned in the quote unquote writer's room or we huddled about, it worked. Here's another one. I really remember fondly 16 years ago, August 25th, 2002 I really thought it was one of the better pay-per-views we we had ever produced. Shawn Michaels in Long Island, Nassau, same place that the uh, women's pay-per-view is going to take place for the WWE. It was Shawn Michaels, after a four-year hiatus, he came back to defeat Triple H in an unsanctioned street fight. It was violent poetry. It was aggression with a theme and a feel and a heartbeat. And If you don't believe Shawn Michaels isn't one of the greatest ever to live and put on boots in this business, to come back after four years of of, uh, healing his back injury and being off out of the ring, he did not miss a beat and may have been even better. He wrestled smarter. It was strategic. And, again, he's not in there with some uh, ham and egger either, in Triple H, obviously. Great main event. I love that match. I love that match. Brock Lesnar also won his first WWE title on that night defeating some dude named Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and uh, being facetious here. uh, And at that time, it made Lesnar the youngest WWE world champion in history at age 25. I think Randy Orton broke that record uh, soon there, not too long after that. Uh, And Rey Mysterio made his WWE pay-per-view debut uh, in a superb I mean, superb opening match, underscore opening match. Remember the concept about the opening match on pay-per-views all the way back to 2002, 16 years ago? Same theory in place because uh, Ray Mysterio was in the opening match against another cat you may have heard of named Kurt Angle. Was that roster deep? you damn right it was deep and talented. And finally, three years ago, make that August 22, 2015, Brooklyn, New York. Sound familiar? SummerSlam. Sound familiar? Seth Rollins defeated John Cena in a winner-take-all U.S. title and WWE title match uh, after SummerSlam TV host and personality Jon Stewart inadvertently strikes Cena with a chair. That probably wouldn't have broken a grape. But that's just me. I'm just, I'm leery. I'm old school. I don't know that a... A television personality, even as uber talented as uh, John Stewart, who I have great respect for, needs to be involved in a double title match, especially physicality. Just me. On that night in Brooklyn, Undertaker defeated Brock Lesnar in the main event, avenging his uh, WrestleMania 30 loss in New Orleans, which was shocking. I still think that should have gone the other way, but that's just me. One can't grieve forever, right, King? One can't grieve forever. Uh, and that was an interesting, a controversial finish and a well-booked, though. The referee misses Taker's submission, Undertaker low blows Brock and puts him in a submission where Brock passes out. Really a good, strong show this week in wrestling. And uh, now, with cake and everything, I love this, birthdays, birthdays. Today, as we record this on Wednesday, August 22nd, Apollo Crews is 31. The Usos are 33. Love the Usos. I think they can be the predominant tag team in in the entire uh, WWE. Paul Ellering catching up with me. Precious Paul, 65. Don't think he won't get on the idea to ride with you. And old-time promoter in St. Louis, the great Sam Muchnick who helped start the NWA. He was kind of like the NWA's... Uh, like like Meyer Lansky was to the Mafia, he was a wonderful Jewish man. And, and when the uh, the presidential uh, NWA uh, only embraced Mr. Mushnick because he was smartest guy in the room. He was born 113 years ago. I have met him more, more than one occasion. It's like it's like talking to Babe Ruth about hitting or pitching. Just really a cool 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 dude. Uh, Can you believe this? Funaki will be 50 this week. SmackDown's number one announcer. And uh, on the Japanese uh, announced team. Boy, those guys got good hours, huh? Well, they work once a month. Funaki, 50. Congrats. Big Green Bay Packer fan, by the way. Friday, August 24th, ladies and gentlemen. He's the man. He's helped me get where I am. Best move ever made was signing with WWE. Vincent Kennedy McMahon will be 73 years young on Friday, the 24th of August. On the same day that the Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson, will turn 74. So congratulations to both those, uh, those men. A lot of contributions, good people. Uh, the late Ivan Koloff passed away last year. Uh, this Saturday would, be his, would have been his 76th birthday. I always loved seeing him at the, the old Charlotte uh, uh, NWA convention. That Greg Price put on for a long time very successfully uh, and I always enjoyed calling Ivan by one of his first wrestling names Red McNulty how you get from Red McNulty to the evil Russian bear Ivan Koloff is for another another time another story uh, the late Bobby Duncan Jr who would have been 51 this Sunday if he had, it had lived big time athlete from the University of Texas and a, a hell of a wrestler, brawler, wrestler, tough guy. Monday, Jazz, one of, the, one of the best hires we ever made. Jazz, and her husband Rodney, too, for that matter. Carlene, Jazz, was a point guard. She's was a t- in, in basketball, high level, great athlete, physically tough. She'll be 50, 45 years old, and probably can still go just as good today as she could then. The athletic and charismatic Handsome former world heavyweight champion, the great Khali. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Dalith is a nice man. He, he's not just another pretty face, as you know. He'll be 48 years old on Monday, along with the great Sergeant Slaughter, a beautiful Bobby Remus. That's when I met him. He was beautiful Bobby, not Sergeant Slaughter, in the Mid-South Territory in the 70s. And uh, Sarge introduced me to Chinese buffets. So my love of sodium and all things that make you swell at a Chinese restaurant sometimes, I I attribute to my friend Sarge. Good dude. He's calling me right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, And on Tuesday, uh, we will congratulate on her birthday, Linda Miles. I always thought Linda had every physical tool to be great. She just didn't have the aptitude or the desire to be great in that genre. But boy, athletically speaking, uh, she was a, an amazing competitor that if we have been able to get her over the hump and, and connected emotionally, she was still part of the making ways. She'll be 39 years old on Tuesday, so happy birthday. And I want to say also on Tuesday, my youngest daughter, Amanda, will have her birthday. How old will that little rascal be? I think she'll be 36, 37, I don't know, something like that. It's all a number, right? I love her, and she knows that. She's a dad's girl, little my youngest and uh, she'll be, her birthday will be Tuesday and I've already sent the gift. Everything's cool. I haven't forgotten this year and my my late wife Jan will be so happy that, that I finally remembered one of my kids' birthdays. I wasn't on the road doing wrestling. I worked ahead here. So, happy birthday to all you guys and gals. Thank you so much. Remember, I got your cake right here. Happy birthday, everybody. You've got mail. You've got mail. God, I hated that. you got mail. You've got mail. Uh, remember the mailbag is here and we encourage you to participate with your emails at to the Jim Ross report at gmail.com the Jim Ross report at gmail.com your suggestions your questions your mailbag stuff uh, all available there so uh, and producer Ted reads all those and uh, he does a good job of selecting what makes air pretty simple so if you want to make air you might want to Bribe him, maybe gifts, I don't know. Polaroids, no I'm kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Come on. It's a joke, God almighty. Benjamin Bowles, if that is your real name, sir. I've followed wrestling since your early WCW days, and you're you're the greatest you ever put on a headset. I don't know about that, but I do thank you. As cross promotion pay per views are becoming the norm and proving to be a huge success, with Ring of Honor and new Defense selling out the garden, do you see the WWE ever cross promoting in pay per view with another company? Not no, Benjamin Bowles, but hell no, ain't gonna happen. I don't think so. I don't think they need to. You think the NFL's gonna have a, a scrimmage with the XFL team? Doubt it. So, uh, in any event, uh, I don't think so. Could happen. Never, they say you should never say never, right? In pro wrestling, I just don't see it happening, Benjamin. But thanks for your uh, thanks for your note from Derek McMullen. Dear Mr. Ross, by the way, Mr. Ross is my dad. He passed away a few years ago. I'm just Jr. for the record, okay? I love your autobiography, but as a historian, I can tell you left a lot out. So Derek must be a historian by his own admission. When are you going to fill in the blanks about your time in WCW and the early days of WWF? Uh, I will tell you, Derek, that uh, Paul O'Brien and I just agreed. We signed our contract with Paul this week. Uh, we're starting on Slavernocker 2 in, now as we speak. It's in progress. Uh, but those are good suggestions. And if there's something that we you feel like you need more of content-wise, I'm sure it will be addressed. Paul listens to the show as well. Uh, but we're going to pick that book up where we left off and bring it forward with the most compelling topics that we've ever done. And if you haven't read Slavernocker, My Life in Wrestling, is still number one in this category after a year and a half. God, we're blessed to hear that. It's wonderful. Amazon.com is your best opportunity. Um, the Barnes and Noble in my hometown of Norman just got some more books. They couldn't keep it in stock, so I go in to buy a book. We, well, we can't keep it in stock, so you're out of them, right? Yeah, we can't keep it in stock. Why don't you order some more? How hard's that? You gotta have an MBA to figure that crap out. So anyway, Amazon ain't out of nothing. They're great. Amazon.com uh, for Slavonocker, my life in wrestling. And by the way, we're going to be bringing Slobberknocker to Zanies and all our appearances uh, and selling them and, and signing them. So if you don't have a Slover knocker book, any of, my, any of our appearances, you can pick one up there if you choose to. From Patrick Kane, he loves the show. Thank you. I've been watching since your UWF and WCW days, so you've been around a while. The excitement and passion you bring to wrestling is second to none. That's by design, Patrick. That's by design. Hope to hear more impersonations of Gordon Sully. Uh-uh. Terry Funk. Patrick, UX sucking dog. Never write a letter again to this fat bastard Ross again. Of that ilk, he's a shits. And, of course, Stu Hart. Well, uh, it, uh, you know, may uh, take you to the, the wing, Coleman. I think I'm eating my his pants in my dungeon. So, I'll try to work in some more impersonations as we go forward. But thank you very much for noticing. Uh, Say Lim is in Kuwait. How you doing, buddy? If I, I was just over your neck I'm kidding. <laughs> Kuwait. Isn't it great? How big a footprint this wrestling business has. It's amazing. He's been a fan for over 20 years. And uh, he's been enjoying the podcast since day one. We thank you very much for that. Uh, ever since the new outlook of the podcast was presented, every time the Pet Coon segment comes up, I remember you calling mankind Goofy as a Pet Coon during his match against the Undertaker at King of the Ring 1996 is that where I broke that out I don't know maybe apparently our friend from Kuwait remembers it uh, and you know it all originates from a real story I had a pet coon and it was goofy thanks to J.D. Ross that pet coon was turned back into the wild making it sound like it was a happy ending I'm not sure sure he turned it back in the wild or not but knowing dad he had a He had a gleam in his eye. Uh, John McDonald is in Elm Springs, Arkansas. The land of opportunity. The home of the Razorbacks, Arkansas. I want to thank you for all the years of entertainment. You have provided me as a fan of pro wrestling. Outside of someone like Paul Heyman, do you think there is a place for managers in the modern scene? Absolutely, John. Absolutely. I'm surprised that more talents that are in the business, are working on that skill set, either off-Broadway or wherever. But absolutely, uh, uh, advocates, managers, agents, whatever that role may be called, uh, could certainly be uh, seen more of, if they're good at what they do. To have a manager, just the sake of having a manager, and they're not carrying enough their own water, then it don't matter. So I I, uh, I do think that's an opportunity for everybody. Uh, So, anyway. And, uh, and we appreciate, again, your, your, your letters, cards. And, again, producer Ted is waiting on your, your emails. the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And as he always says, he'll ping your ass, and you've got mail. I just had an body experience. I'm so excited to talk to what I believe the best tag team in pro wrestling today, uh, the Young Bucks. They're brothers, ladies and gentlemen, real brothers, they're not like Ricky and Robert now. They're kind of like Matt and Jeff. They're real brothers. Uh, the the Jacksons, uh, Nick and Matt. Fellas, thank you very much for. I don't know if anybody's busier than you, dudes, but I appreciate you taking time to jump on the show here with us today.
1: Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Appreciate you uh, you thinking about us and having
0: us on. You bet, buddy. Uh, fellas, we want to. Tur- you guys are you're like you're like you're like a, a walking mall. You got so many things that you've invested in. I love the entrepreneurial spirit and it reminds me back when I first got in wrestling where our main eventer Bill Watts would bring a, a top guy in, oftentimes to work with him, and that top guy would help Watts book their program. They were right. entrepreneurs, they were independent contractors. Right. Same thing we all are today. Uh <laughs> you know, so it's nothing some of that stuff hasn't changed. But the point is, have you fellas always been this uh entrepreneurial in spirit did you know all along that we could build a bigger brand than just wrestling this
2: is nick speaking uh yeah it man it feels like we've had this way for man almost the whole time we've been in wrestling which is close to 15 years now uh it's funny uh cody actually says we're the uh the most old school wrestlers that he knows (laughs) which is which is funny coming from him because uh He's seen a lot of old-school wrestlers come and go, you know. So, uh, yeah, we, we really uh, kicked into uh, a lot of that, probably uh, more so in the last, I don't know, five years or so, would you say, Matt?
1: Yeah, like, I feel like we've always had uh, the idea of being these business guys, but, like, at first, nobody bought the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how successful we were at first, but I remember when we started our own our own independent company, you know, in back in two thousand, you know, four, and I remember having the, the iron on press shirts and I we were trying to sell these things and and at the time, you know, we thought we were doing big business. We were probably selling five or 10 t shirts a show, but like it's always been something in our blood. Like we, 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 I remember even having the little Polaroids back then. And, and, uh, I, I guess that back, back then that was like the wrestler's guide. Like you had to have an eight by 10 and you had to have some sort of piece of merchandise. So at the time we started small. But we, we always knew, like, I can't just rely on my, my payday, the, what's going to be in that envelope at the end of the night. Like, I got to try to make more, I got to try to make extra. So uh, even when we were really young, and I, I'm talking. Nick was probably, what were you, at the age 14 or 15 when we started doing yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm that? I'm the older brother, so I started, I was, I'm four years older, so if he was 14, I was about 18. But, uh, I mean, we're just kids, and we started our own independent wrestling company, and, and uh, we're, we're, we have a small little niche audience in our, in our town, and we're selling tickets, and, we're, and we're, we're selling pieces of merchandise. So, yeah, I think, to answer your question, like I, I think we've always kind of had it in our blood, uh, not until we, 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 we got really popular did we actually find any success in it. But, uh, but yeah, it's always been something that we've, yeah. we've strived to be.
0: I uh, admire your entrepreneurial uh, vent. because uh, here's the thing, and I think it's indicative, too, of how you guys work in the ring, bell to bell. There's nothing lazy about your presentation. There's nothing unaggressive. It's, uh, it's not passive. It's not phoning a damn thing in. You guys go out and wrestle your tails off. And I respect that. And I told you when I saw you guys, I remember some of those Long Beach shows or uh, Cow Palace or someplace, wherever it was, yeah. that I really believe that you, your game has gotten better and a lot Thank better. You. I really believe that because here's why. You're now at a pace that I and most of us can process. Sure. And you also have that invaluable ability to sell and make me feel it. And mm-hmm. did you always have the understanding that selling is a huge element to the to the presentation?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Nick again. Uh, we did, but for the longest time, we didn't have the chance to, if that makes any sense. Uh, we would only be given the opening match, and they would say, all right, you have to go six minutes. So Matt and I would feel so like, oh, man, but... Selling in six minutes is tough. I just want to get some cool moves in to try to impress the audience, so to speak, you know? But, uh, when we started, uh, progressing and, uh, getting a higher spot in the card, we started getting more time. So then we felt like, okay, we can use this to our ability to, uh, to sell more. And uh, I feel like now we, uh, we have more time and, uh, it gives us the chance to do that. Uh, I don't know if Matt wants to add to that or not. Yeah,
1: like we just we we weren't given really the the platform to have those those types of matches, and we have been having those matches actually for years. And it's just nobody's really seen them, you know. So so uh, to get a platform like like New Japan Pro Wrestling, and for them to say, hey, tonight you're, you know we're giving you twenty minutes. And it's like, oh wow, like we actually have time to to let everything sink in and try to get some emotion out of this. And, and, and also for Nick and I, it's like, we are constantly trying to evolve and, and we, we want to show that, you know, we're not just one dimensional wrestlers. Like we have all sorts of different gears we can change. And, and I think it's a challenge to ourselves. It's like, you know, everybody knows that we can have this style of match, like the car crash matches. We, we had them for years, you know, for, for years. And on the independence, Nick and I were the opening match. And like Nick said, they would tell us just open a show and set the show on fire. And, and sometimes you have to have those six to 10 minute quick car crash spot fest matches. And we got really, really good at them. But it came a point in our career where we just wanted more and we we're like, you know, I, I just want to, I'm getting bored of this. And, <laughs> and, and yeah. it, just like anybody else, like sometimes even actors are like, listen, I I'm really good at comedies, but I can also do a little bit of drama. You know, we, we, <laughs> we, we didn't want to, we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves for our entire career. So it was, it was fun that we got the chance to do it on a a a large platform like new japan and sometimes roh too and and we just wanted to show everybody hey man we we got more in our in our game and and it's been really fun because it's been a challenge for us to just like you said to slow it down and, and, and and let things register and i think i think because of that like you said like people love to have sympathy for for, for a, a good white neat baby face who knows how how to sell it's it's old school yeah. wrestling and we've taken the the elements of old school wrestling and we've dressed it up with with, with modern style like us and it, and it seems like it it's timeless it still works
0: it does still work because you're playing on basic human emotion and mm-hmm. unless you're a a psychopath or or a, you know somebody <laughs> that, needs, that needs to be living in a in a hut by themselves uh, we all have if we like somebody, I get the best illustrations of family. Somebody asked me that on a, I, I did busted open radio uh, Wednesday morning early, early here in L.A. And mm-hmm. uh, they said, uh, if you were given the young bucks advice on where to go, I said, well, I probably wouldn't. If I was trying to recruit him, I tell him why I wanted to come to WWE. I said, but the mm-hmm. decision any wrestler's got to make, because you know you yep. guys are in the under on the, under on the microscope. Everybody's talking about the Bucks and Omega and mm-hmm. Cody. Where are they going to go next? What's their long term deal? You know, hell, I don't know. And it's none of my business, quite frankly. And I'm not looking for dirt, but I said, the thing I would tell these guys is that your priority is your family. Yeah. Right. Your family is the number one thing. It's not somebody said, well, if they go to WWE, they couldn't be themselves. Well, I don't know that to be true or not because I don't know that. That's a, that's a what if. I do know that your family is your most important uh, thing in your life. And to provide them the best, uh, uh, security for their future is what you should be figuring on. And that's how I perceive you guys to be. You oh, know. You're right on. You know, yeah. Matt, Matt, your wife, Dana was a big help in, in getting this interview done. She's a big star in this, in this, oh, uh, man, the situation yeah, too. I
1: mean, she, she is, she's done everything for me now. And she's really the secret weapon behind a, a lot of our, you know, our success. And uh, she's helped us build this young bucks merch empire and, and, literally in my in my own house like and and now in the last year or two she's taken over our our agenting role so cuz I just it got to a point where I literally couldn't respond to every email and I used to be the best at it like if someone sent me a message I'd reply within 5 minutes but but as you know, it's just really blown up these last couple of years. So like I, I, I finally came to her and I said, I need help, hon. Like I'm dying here <laughs> and, and, and and yeah, like you said, family is is number one for us. It it's top priority. And uh we we, we both have two young kids and uh, we we care so much about them and we wanna have quality time with them and and we're gone a lot i mean i was just telling you before we started this thing like we we're coming back off a two week stretch we were in uh, japan for a week we came home for 12 hours which people thought we were crazy to do by the way and instead of going direct but we we went home for 12 hours and then we went to the uk for a week so it's like we we just got home 2 days ago and uh we just try to make the the most of it and, and you know and that's our own doing because we're, we're we're independent contractors so we we make it really crazy for ourselves sometimes but then like in july nick and i you know we we took it easy and we had a nice a nice summer with the kids so so yeah fam- family family's absolutely everything and and we want to our goal is to is to be able to retire at a young age and and spend even more quality years with our family and and i, I want to give my kids a great life and and yeah to answer, to answer your question it's like i, I don't know i guess we're, what are we going to do? We're, our contract's up in four months. So it's like, it's, it's getting down to the, to the 11th hour almost now where we kind of have to make a decision. You know, if we're going to stay put, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to go back to just being independent guys. And uh, I don't know that the best, the best thing is we're in a great spot right now. Uh, and I, I feel like we can't really make a bad decision because we're, whatever we do right now, we're in one of those rare instances in someone's career where whatever we do right now, it works. So I think, we're going to make the right decision no matter
0: what the decision ends up being. I, I agree with you that you are in a uh, great spot. Uh, what promotion, uh, an existing promotion, a new promotion, whatever it may be, wouldn't want the best tag team in the business on the roster. That's pretty simple to me. I, I, I happen to bring a lot of guys into WWE back in the day, as you guys probably know. And yep. you know, you, you look at quality, human beings, family, men, Guys are not going to bring a ton of bad habits and baggage into the locker room. The locker room's got, it's hard enough just doing what you fellas do in the travel is just outlined. And then you, yeah. you, you got to come to a safe haven, a safe room, and that locker room cannot be full of controversy and guys pissing and moaning about a payoff or a finish or, or whatever it may be. You want some, you need some uh, support there. We all need it. So I, I'm, I think you guys are not going to make any bad decisions. You're not there to make. I was going to make the point about your selling. Mm. Starting in at Wrestle Kingdom, now you guys uh, see Matt. You had the back, right? The back situation. Yes, sir. Back, and that told there was your common thread for these matches. Yep. Until it changed to then Nick got hurt later on, so now you're both wounded, uh, young bucks. The bucks, yeah. the bucks are hurting, and if I give a damn about the young bucks, I really care that they're that they're in jeopardy. I really want this to be. Oh my heroes! To be this situation to be eased, and you guys carry that because you know uh, Barnett and I, Josh Barnett and I, did all these matches, and this kept getting more. more the picture got getting more clear, and it, there's a theme to it. And I told guys this this, this the other day, it, for an announcer or something in my role over the years. You know who the great workers are, not because you read it on a poll or the Twitter thing was positive or somebody had more hits on Facebook. Because when I sat down to call their match, it became so easy to add the lyric to your music, and because you had a common denominator and you had a flow and and you had a direction clearly established, it made your matches so much more compelling and more fun to call, and so therefore you can get into it more, you can sell it more, you can do every I can help, re, I can help relate to your pain and agony because exactly. I know somewhere down the road there's going to be one hell of a comeback, and exactly. and we we sell that son of a to the moon, so. I I, uh, I think that whole thing is is great for you guys because, look, you're never going to be uh, the, the Blackjacks. You're not 6'7". Right. You, I don't think you're going to hit a growing spurt. I think you boys are done. Nope. Now. Just, We're, had done. Break, <laughs> <now>.
1: We're done.
0: <laughs> I hate to break that news to you, fellas. <laughs> you ain't going to be 6'3". So, uh, but that's cool. I, I, I just think it's great, and I think you're doing such a great job. I want to know uh, one thing uh, is how did the idea – all-in come about in the sense that was it a off-the-cuff remark somebody made, or we could do that, or was it a car trip, or a, a train ride, or on the airplane? How did the idea come about, and who were the individuals that were in that original little inner circle that were talking about this thing in a serious manner?
2: Yeah. Uh, this is Nick again. Um, it, it always was pretty much the three of us, and uh, the three of us, I mean by Matt, myself, and uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, and, you know, we, we kicked around the idea for, man, a good six months or so to see if we could do something like that. And uh, I remember uh, Cody was on Twitter uh, talking to Dave Meltzer about, like, some type of bet. And someone asked Dave Meltzer if, uh, if uh, Ring of Honor could put 10,000 seat or – fill up a 10,000-seat arena, I should say. And uh, he said no, and Cody got pretty mad about it, pretty upset, actually. And uh, he tweeted back saying, actually, I think we could. And uh, it pretty much uh, snowballed from there, and uh, he pretty much said, you know what, Matt, Nick, I think it's time to to do something crazy, and uh, let's put our our money where our mouths are, and uh, let's try it. And uh, that was pretty much the the backstory to how it began.
1: Yep. And then I'll add to that a little bit. Uh, even like Nick said, we've we we'd been kicking around the idea when he says that we really were just kind of just chit chatting on, on the, on the tour buses or, or on the long rides or on flights. And we were saying, do you think we can ever fill up a big arena? Cause like at the time we were doing record business for ROH and, and uh, I, I want to say it was their, their best year. Like even 2016 was their best year, and then we be- beat that, and then we did 2017, and now we're on you know now we're on peak, doing even better business. So uh, we we were we were doing these shows and we were killing, it. and then finally Cody had the idea. He's like, why do why don't we just we do it the three of us only though? Like what what if we individually do that? You think that's something you know people could get behind? And that's when I knew that he had something because now we're selling more than just just a wrestling show now now we're selling them a movement and we're selling them a feeling like listen we're just three guys and and we're gonna put up our money and we're gonna we're gonna do this big show and we're being ambitious by saying we want to fill up a ten thousand seat arena and i remember the 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 chatter when we first talked about the idea and i remember i want to say it was 50 50 50 percent of the people said we couldn't do it and those 50% were very loud about it. And, and, and I'm not going to lie when I say they didn't get in my head because it, you know, it scared me. I'm like, are they right? You know, but at the same time, the other 50 were rooting for us. So it's like, it, it, it was one of those ideas where it was like, man, we could really fail here big time and look really stupid, or we can put all of our chips in as, and that's why we called this, the show all in. We're going to go all in on this and, and, and we could succeed and we could live forever. And so, so the idea was, Let's not just sell these, these people, these fans, a rest, another wrestling show. Because right now, in my opinion, there's the best wrestling in the world across the board from every promotion, right? Like WWE's probably got the most loaded roster they've ever had. You can watch New Japan. It's got the best shows. Like there's great wrestling everywhere. So we can't just sell him another great wrestling show because re- re- great wrestling is easy to find nowadays. Let's, let's sell them more than that. And I think that's what we did. We we sold them a feeling, a movement. You want to be part of history? Do you want to help three regular guys fill up a ten thousand seat arena? Well, come join us in this movement and let's do this together. And I think when we put tickets up and they sold out in thirty minutes, that that was proof that that they bought in on it. They 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 bought the idea of of let's make history, not just hey let's see a really cool show because it it will be a really cool show. I know because we formatted the thing and it's going to be awesome, <laughs> but. Uh, I hope it's more than just a wrestling show. I hope this is something that you can talk about with, with your grandkids and say, I was there in Chicago for, 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 all in for the first one, at least we ever do more, who knows, but I was there for, for the original all in. And it was a special weekend and it was, it was wrestling's Woodstock. That's what we wanted to do. And, and I think, uh, at this point now, like all we have to do is hit a home run. as, 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 yeah. as, as, easy, as easy as that sounds. That's right? all. We just we <laughs> hit a home run now, but uh, and and I think we will. I'm pretty
0: confident with it. Oh, I am too. You know, uh, Conrad uh, in invited me to be a part of the uh, uh, podcast component on mm-hmm. Sunday, and uh, and to come up on Saturday, etc. I said, you know, guys, I I got family and that Saturday, September 1st, is uh, the season opener for the Sooners. Uh, and right. I said, I got my kids, my grandkids. I got, from, for us and our little family, especially since my wife has, has been gone, uh, we really depend on those family outings, those opportunities uh, to get together, and that's the season opener. So right. And so I didn't know what the, the, but because of television, you don't know what time the game is going to start till you know, later on. So I found out, you know, recently that, you uh, the game is going to start at 11 a.m. Central, which means it'll be over by around 2:30 or three late at the latest. Right. So I start checking flights, and okay, Oklahoma City, Chicago, there's non-stops. So I'm going to I'm going to take a flight. Oh wow! From Oklahoma City after I want my family will probably stay at my house without grandpa, and I'm going to take a flight to Chicago because I want to sit in the crowd or find a seat somewhere and watch wrestling. And right I, on. you know, that's so. So I'm making a commitment as. As somebody that I, you know, I, could, from my wear and tear, my fat old body, you know, I, I could be holding my chair and my lazy boy watching more football and eating more barbecue, <laughs> <laughs> drinking more cold beer. <laughs> so now, now we really have to
1: hit a home run, man. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna come up there for that and uh, enjoy Very watching cool. you guys work and, uh, cool. and then do some stuff with Conrad on Sunday. So uh, I'm excited about that trip. I really am, and I'm glad that the kickoff time worked out as it did. Do you, do you guys know? And look, you can't say I get it. I understand. Do you have a do you have a conclusive feeling on what's going to close the show? What's going to go on after intermission?
2: Yeah, so far uh, we we feel like we do, but you just never know. We might change something last minute because uh, we we've actually been changing a couple things, just little details. But uh, man, it's always interesting to to see who uh, we you put on last for a big show and you know it's been actually pretty difficult to uh to do that because a lot of the guys are kind of nervous uh like we've we've told certain uh guys like hey we want you to be in the main event and they've actually said no We're like wait a minute uh we we need you and they're like well there's a lot of pressure on. So uh, we might end up just putting ourselves uh, in that slot, but I don't think it's, it's uh, 100% just
1: yet. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot of political stuff too. It's like, this card is really hard to put together because of the, the different egos and the different companies that don't want to work with each other. And like so we, this is like probably, would you say, Nick, our, our 10th or 12th version of the show? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It, it's for it, it's sure. been very. And then another another thing is the G1 tournament just ended in, in, in New Japan, which is the most grueling tour of, of the year for those guys so a lot of those guys were banged up so a lot of those guys didn't want to be in singles matches and it, yeah. it, it was re- very very difficult and it was funny because when we first started booking this thing someone asked us hey are, are you guys going to be in the main event uh young bucks and we said absolutely not it's our show we don't want to be in the main event but it's come to a point now where it's like well who the hell else is going to be in the main event i guess mm-hmm. it does have to be that. i guess it has to be that. yeah so as of right now, uh, and things could change, it looks like we're going to be doing the, the Dream Six Man tag to, to close the show. Um, but, I mean, man, as, as much as this thing's changed, uh, who knows? We might we might show up on, on September 1st and have a, a, a different card. <laughs> and that,
0: th- that's why uh, the most powerful weapon in wrestling is the eraser. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy <laughs> Bill told me. Pencil. I said, Bill, I was asked all these mark questions when I was 22 years old. In the business and still wasn't smart. I wasn't smart enough to the business until walking to the ring with the first match I refereed. So that's how my little initiation got in. They throw you in the deep end and see if you can't swim, get yourself out, you know? Yeah, yeah So, uh, on the job. yeah. And, and, uh, but I, I, uh, I see, and I, this week, just yesterday, I called, Abushi uh, Bushi Tanahashi's G1 final with Josh. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, we did, we did all the, the nut cutting matches, the semis, and everything. We did six shows in two days, Oh, but, wow. so it's really. And of course, Abushi and Tanahashi was one mat was one one match made up the whole hour uh, right, for, for yeah. television. It was really the whole thing was great. Uh, yeah. But I see you guys. It's still going to be uh, the Bucks and Kota Abushi versus Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito. Correct? Yep, that's it. Did yeah, you guys match? I'm sorry. Did you guys ever, when you're young pups, you're still young. You know, I got socks over on you dudes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you think ever think how cool it would be to wrestle with Ray Mysterio? Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, he's probably my favorite high flyer of all time. So, uh, we've, uh, we've had the opportunity to be in the ring with him quite a few times now. So every time we, we get to do so, man, it's it really, uh, it's a it's it's a mark out moment, <laughs> sure, uh, for myself. Uh, I know Matt was a huge fan as well. Well,
1: you you talk about timeless wrestlers, and, and yeah. Rey Mysterio is number one on the list. Like, the, like I was watching him and Okada uh, go at it with a couple of the exchanges they had over at the G One Finals and uh, Tokyo Budokan, and man, I was blown away. I'm like, does this, this guy just never age? <laughs> he's springboarding up on the ropes. He just, just looks amazing, just as quick as ever. So I, I can't wait to wrestle w- uh, with him, and, and, I, and I actually can't wait to, to watch on the apron when him and, and Kode Ibushi do some type of uh, work together because you know that's going to happen. And, and I, I feel like that was one of the big selling points for us as, as bookers. Was, was when we booked that six-man. We said, can you imagine an exchange between those two? Like, I'm just going to watch in awe, and I hope I, I, I don't forget that I'm in the match when they go out. <laughs> uh, and then another thing, is, uh, we you mentioned uh, Phoenix, who I – I rank right up there with, like, I look at Rey Mysterio younger in his career, and I see Phoenix in him. Like, it, it, it's crazy. So I, I know that that's got to be one of his inspirations in wrestling. He's so, so good. I've been watching a lot of his stuff lately on Impact, and I'm just blown away. And uh, and then Bandito is another guy that a lot of people don't know. He's, he's really had a breakout year this year. Um, he's done a lot of cool stuff at PWG. Nick and I, have I don't think we've ever met the guy. And uh, we needed a third guy in that match. And one day Nick and I were, were driving to a town and we just pulled up YouTube and we started looking up uh, just a lot of the high-flying luchadors because we knew we wanted someone from Mexico to be in that match. And it was down to like four or five guys. We 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 flipped on Bandito and we were blown away. Uh, we couldn't believe it. Like I think within the second or third video we watched of his, we knew. We were like, okay, that's our guy. And uh, yeah. we've never met, we've never met the guy, and he's in our main event. <laughs> <That's> awesome! <laughs> it's, a, it's a big chance for him. So uh, I I'm really really looking forward to uh, uh, for, for for this match. I think it's going to blow a lot of people away.
0: It's really a, a great card. An, I'm a big Hangman Page fan. I think he's got a huge upside. Yeah. Uh, if I had a territory, he'd be one of the young dudes I'd try to hire. I just oh, think yeah. he's, I think he's got a big upside. Uh, he's so good. Yeah. So good. Omega, you know, is. Uh, pretty extraordinary he's in his he's in his element right now he's probably yep. as good he, i'm sure everybody can get better don't get me wrong but he'll never be that much better than he is right now he's really really good and pentagon jr and he will have a hell of a match i think it'll be entertaining oh, yeah. and creative innovative so it's all good stuff and then of course uh marty Sherrill, who i get taken to task by the twitterverse because i sometimes <laughs> butcher his freaking name i don't mean to do it i love his work He's another guy. Yeah, yeah. to, he's another guy. I love to hire, but he and yeah. Okada, God boys, that's a good booking. Now that's good stuff right there because their styles are different. Exactly. But they're they're meshable, if you know what I'm saying.
2: Yep. And, and it's a match you wouldn't see in New Japan because they don't usually put the heavyweights versus uh, the junior heavyweights. So
1: that's exactly
2: why we we booked it.
1: Yeah, and then and then going back to the the, the Pentagon and Omega match. Um, we had we once had a six-man tag where they had a small exchange and the entire building was on their feet so we knew that that was definitely something that people would want um i just feel like pentagon he, he's he's one of these just rare wrestlers where he's got this charisma and he just he walks to the ring and everybody's watching every single breath he takes like he just knows how to capture the room. And, and, and as you, and like you just mentioned, Kenny's just what, what a guy like I, Nick and I have known for 10 years, what, what everybody now knows, uh, that he was, he's one of the best, but, but really the last couple of years he's, he's shown everybody just how good he is. And, and, uh, well, I mean, we've watched firsthand cause we've been ringside for every one of his big matches. Uh, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what kind of a match he can put on with, with Penta because it's, it's such a different style. So uh, it, it'll be different than what we're used to seeing with him in, in New Japan, I think, because Penta's is such a different type of wrestler. So I, I'm really, really excited about that. And, and Marty in Okada. M- Marty is, is such a clever wrestler. He's, it's funny because he's a littler guy. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's probably even smaller than us, but you would never think so because the way he carries himself. He, he's larger than life. He's such a character. He's so smart in the ring. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he uh, has in mind against
0: Okada. I'm excited you guys are, are going to be on the Fight app because the folks that don't know, it's F-I-T-E. It's a free app. Uh, if you have uh, Wi-Fi and a smart device, you're in the game. That's all you need. Yep. And so uh, I would highly recommend uh, downloading for free the Fight app and uh and checking out all the activities that was another big get fellas for you for you guys was that also orchestrated by uh the three of you
2: yeah yep for sure good job Uh, we we uh we wanted to uh make the event available for as many eyeballs as possible so uh and uh they've done a lot of work with a lot of the uh the independent groups around the world and uh and it's always a great view so we knew for sure we had to get them on board, so we were happy about that.
1: They, they always do very good stuff, and, and we've known Mike Weber from back in our days, 10 years ago in TNA, and he's kind of our contact with Fight. Yeah. Uh, they're just very reliable, and and I know in this day and age, like, man, so many times there's been streaming uh, problems with yeah. different companies, and, and we knew that Fight's very reliable, so we wanted them uh, – uh, part of
0: our team absolutely Mike's a good dude I work with Mike at uh, WCW uh, and yep. I've known him for a long time he's a he's good and I for about a year when they first launched that thing I was you know helping them with social media as far as endorsing promoting things of that nature so I'm a big user of the fight app so folks if you get a chance you can't be in Chicago you don't already have a ticket you, you're not gonna be left out watch it right. in the comfort of your own home watch it on your phone watch it on your tablet all you need is Wi-Fi and a smart device, and you're in the game, and I couldn't uh, encourage you to do more. Hey, I got a kick out of your over-budget battle royal term.
2: Oh, that's a shoot?
0: I love that. I, I knew exactly what you are getting at. You got, you got buddies and you got friends that want to get booked. They want to, They need yeah. a payday. Can you get us on the card? And so here's one way of facilitating that for your pals. I love it.
2: Uh, and, and you know what? It's, it's definitely a shoot because... Uh, Man, are we over budget?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's Uh, it's funny too because Cody, uh, I think he first put on the All In account that it was a it was a fifteen man. Battle Royal, we are so <laughs> over the fifteen man number now. Like, like as soon as we put the fifteen man up, is like everybody started coming out of the woodwork. And you know what? And a lot of these guys, man, deserving so. It's like you know what? They do deserve a spot in this show. You know what? Yeah. Let's make it a twenty man battle right now. <laughs> now I don't even know what the numbers is at
0: this I love it though. Good, it's good. and That shows you guys have got your your peers, your 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 the your your road guys, everybody, your your buddies, your friends. You got them at, at, in your in your head as well it's just not about the thing I've loved about this promotion since the get-go it isn't it's not about uh the young bucks and Cody it's about right. a lot of people doing a lot of hard work and being on this card and I think you guys have been remained very objective this is a this is a hell of a card this is a big time level card that if I wasn't going to be in Chicago I would certainly be sitting in front of my TV and and watching this event on the fight app it's just it's too good to pass up. So, congratulations on that deal. Uh, Thank you. Hey, uh, I have have started checking out your uh, YouTube channel, and <laughs> and I, I you know I and I understand your your you and I get this that you're it's programmed to maybe not my demo because I'm an old dude, uh, but I as a wrestling fan and someone that you know, considers himself a somewhat of a student of the game, I enjoy the process. I enjoy how you incorporate. it. it's like booking. That's all you're yeah. doing. Producing is booking. Yeah. Booking is casting. So you've done a hell of a job. How how'd that idea come about? And how do you guys find time to do the damn thing?
2: Oh, man. It, it's uh, it's become pretty stressful. But, uh, uh, man, uh, you know what? Uh, we started a YouTube channel years and years ago, probably uh, over a decade ago. And uh, it just didn't catch on. And uh, I think it's, Man, maybe three years ago now, we uh, we were like, man, you know what? We should try uh, to do another YouTube channel now that uh, more uh, people know us. So uh, we started it, and it, it just started as a, uh, just Matt and myself and uh, Kenny doing these short little bits just to try to make ourselves laugh, but it, it really didn't <laughs> catch on with uh, our fans, and then I... I thought of an idea where, man, maybe we should start doing like a vlog about our travels because that's kind of interesting. So uh, we, we started out doing that and then it turned into pretty much what you see now, which is storylines mixed with vlogs and everything uh, between uh, that and wrestling. And it's, uh, it's caught on and, it, man, it, it's helped us huge. It help, It's helped us big time with a lot of things and the fans love it.
1: Yeah, I feel like I feel like once the the show started getting really popular, uh, everything changed for us. Because at first, everybody liked us as professional wrestlers. You think of the Young Bucks, you go, "Oh yeah, those guys. I like their matches. They're fun." But once we started putting the show up and we we took people basically on a tour of our personal lives and we introduced them to to our family members and our friends and our favorite restaurants and stuff like that. Now now they know us on a personal level, on a deeper level, and and now we're talking to them blog style we're, we're just we're talking to them with with thoughts in our head. It's not some rehearsed professional wrestling promo in front of a background, you know like mm-hmm. so so they felt like they knew us almost like as the show grew, our meet and greet lines grew as well, and our merch numbers grew as well because now people they saw firsthand that they what they were exactly supporting, you know what i mean so yep. like and, and it got to the point where. Nick and I were like, okay, this is fun, it, it, but it's kind of becoming repetitive. It's, okay, how many times do I show people we're on an airplane? And how many times could I <laughs> vlog from a hotel room? So we started mixing in the idea of, of having storyline elements in the show as well. But the way we, we would blend it, it would be like, for, for one scene, it would be a real-life vlog from me and Nick, and then a second later, we're doing a bit. So people started like thinking wait what which parts real which parts fake it's like they started buying into this stuff you know what i mean and and as we went on the show's kind of gotten a little more over the top like we've literally had a who we've had we've had <laughs> uh, we've had sci-fi elements in our show <laughs> we've <laughs> just really really silly stuff that we find uh, ultimately the show's a comedy i think uh, but we've also toyed with a lot of drama as well. So, like we we really like to have people feel all the types of different emotions, and and I think as the shows progressed, we we've had we've created our own little platform, and now we've introduced various characters on the show. We have all of our friends on, so it's really given us a, a, a place to show people who we are creatively, and it's so fun because we put it out, you know, usually every Monday or Sunday. And every single fan of ours who subscribes, they all watch it at once together, so it's it's almost become like our own version of our Monday night raw Correct. you know like every everybody watches together, they all gift the thing together on Twitter and kind of like tag the being the elite hashtag along, and everybody watches along so it's really it's been the biggest thing I would say in our career, and it's so funny because now when everybody anybody sees us or runs into us, it's oh, the first thing they say is I love your show. It's never. I like that match you had last week, or I love this match. It's just I love your YouTube show. So we we more or less become uh, more of YouTube stars, and we have uh, wrestlers now at this point. <laughs>
0: well, you know we got a, a huge international audience with this show, thank God, and because uh, baby's got to eat, <laughs> so uh, the old man's got to eat, folks. But the point is, is that the you can consume the YouTube content anywhere you live. In a, you know, right. saying this is just a great thing. And uh, the uh, UFL, the city was very classic, I thought. And uh, you guys are just very <laughs> creative. Here's the thing about it, fellas. You know who you are, and you want your audience to know that as well. You, you've mm-hmm. got more than one uh, vehicle to accomplish that. If I don't understand this, in the world of independent contractors, I'm not saying that's the way to go or, or not. It's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're playing with the same rules everybody else is in that respect. But if you're an independent contractor, therefore you're basically an entrepreneur in this entertainment entity that we're in, then mm-hmm. and you don't use social media, then you're lazy and you're unmotivated right. and you're not very bright. The thing about if I'm a – there's a lot of wrestlers listening to this show. Whether you, uh, you like the Young Bucks or you don't, I don't really care. I like them. I think they're the best tag team in the business. But what I do like even more – is that entrepreneurial spirit of thinking outside the box and mm-hmm. and finding the common ground that you and your audience can stand upon, and that's right. so important, guys. And as long as you can keep your eye on that prize, there's just no there's no boundaries, there's no ceiling.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's like uh, don't rely on getting over from your promoters or bookers. Get yourself over.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know what, we we all have the same tools. So it's not like like any of us have an advantage over the other. Like it, we have the same tools. And you know what that tool is? It's, it's that it's that phone in in your pocket, and, yeah. and and we we utilize that thing to the best of our knowledge. You know, like uh, if, if we have a new T shirt out, well, I'm putting out a link on Twitter about it. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just within a press of a button, and we can all be doing it. And 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 it's one of those things where even on your days off, you're still essentially if you're working hard you're working even on your days off because yep. you're you're on your social media and you're and you're putting out free content and, and it's really it's just about who's willing to work harder than you and and Nick and I haven't really found anybody yet that it's willing to work harder than us and that's why we are where we are right now. it's, it's because we
0: don't stop. No, you don't and that's a, that's the a great it's a great attitude it's refreshing to see it. Uh, so many guys if they're in a company where they're getting a, a, a nice guaranteed contract, that becomes their number. That becomes yeah. their comfort zone. And man, I tell town. I used to tell this all the time. You know, don't don't reside too long in your damn comfort zone. Because if right. you, if you're not growing, what are you doing? Well, you're you're dying. You can't stay status quo in life. It's just yeah. always ways to get better. Be a better dad, better father, better wrestler. Mm-hmm. But if you just say, oh, oh, I don't need to be a better husband. I've already. She's got a. Nice ring, and she got a Rolex, and, right? You know, yep, yeah. a Benz, yep. you know, whatever. No, that, that's <laughs> you know, then so you can just take some woman to the mall, and make her happy. I don't get that whole deal. So I, I like what you guys do in that regard. Uh, I enjoy uh, the fact the with the IWGP Tag Team Champions, the, these dudes have been the uh, j- junior champions more times than I can mention. But uh, I enjoy <laughs> calling your match uh, at Dominion uh, when you guys beat uh, the Bullet Club OG. Oh, that was a good title defense uh, when you beat uh, Sonata oh, Sonata and Evil, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was a good. Hey, those guys, those cats are good too now.
2: Oh man, yeah, they are. That's, they bring the best out of us.
0: Yeah, good. You, lo- you gotta love that. So I, I'm uh, proud of what you're doing, fellas. And I re- would be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, Alpha Club versus the Bullet Club uh, on the Jericho Cruise. I call it the slobber knocker at sea. I don't think anybody else calls it that.
2: <laughs>
0: I love it. Uh, yeah. We got we to gotta feed our massive egos here. It's the slobber knocker at sea or it's the uh, Chris Jericho Cruise. ChrisJerichoCruise.com, folks, by the way, real quick here. Less than 100 cabins remain. Oh, wow. And, and Jerry Lawler and I are going to be uh, hosting that. I have no idea what that means, but uh, we're booked. <laughs> <laughs> we're booked. That's going to be fun. I'm right. excited. And yeah. We'll,
1: I, I, it's going to be, a. it could be also a, a, a recipe for disaster with a, a <laughs> with all that. Alcohol. So I, I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to have my kids there, but I'm going to be holding them close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. They uh, put a bell around their neck so you can always find them. It's my dad used to say in a, in a crowd. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in, in any event, it's, uh, it's all, it's good stuff, man. And I, I, I really admire you dudes. I'm happy that we've got to know each other just a little bit on our off meetings. Uh, appreciate you guys coming on the show. Nothing but success, Absolutely. fellas. And I'm I, I'm coming to Chicago on that Saturday night uh, ostensibly to watch uh, you two dudes and uh, and Cody. But the card is 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 deep, and I'm really looking forward to as a wrestling fan sitting there enjoying what you guys produced and celebrating in your success. So. Uh, congratulations guys and i really do appreciate you joining me here today and you come back anytime you choose absolutely for having us yeah thanks for and
1: i'm, I'm so excited that you're going to be there so uh, i can't yeah. wait i can't
0: wait to see uh the Cheer center man oh uh, me too boys thanks very much fellas enjoy your time at home i know it doesn't come that often and i'll see you in chicago awesome, man i've had a lot of fun here today i've enjoyed it a lot and i great conversation with uh the jacksons nick matt young bucks greatest tag team in the business right now they're the best that's something to shoot at and they they get it they get it from the marketing standpoint entrepreneurial standpoint and uh they they are a special duo and they have their priorities straight and for that i have a really i really appreciate that so we want to thank them for joining us here today. Fun interview, fun conversation. I didn't have one note. You know, I knew some the all-in September 1st, all that good stuff. Uh, acts, you know, Fight App, all that. But it's just a conversation between three guys that love the wrestling business. And hopefully to a lot of fans that enjoy it as well. So thanks, for the, thanks to the Young Bucks. Don't forget, folks, to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we want to try to get to about 1,500 five-star reviews by the end of the year. And we, only, we need 336 of them. So if you can help us out there, help a brother out, will you? 2NeeList says, he's left the a five-star rating, a great podcast from a gift to pro wrestling. Weathered all the storms and keeps running and reaching for the stars, I gazy gaze. And a lot of broadcasters can learn from this legendary announcer. Well, I don't know about that, but it's nice to hear, and I appreciate it. I'm glad you have confidence in me. Uh, Belgard54 says, if that is his real name, I have to say, hands down, the best podcast I subscribe to. Nothing beats the voice and the insight of good old JR. Keep up the excellent work. I appreciate that. We work hard. We have a good team here. Westwood One's a great place to hang your hat. I, I am enjoying it. So, folks, remember to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to your Slover knocker audio. And, again, leave us that five-star rating. It takes about a minute, two maybe. Uh, get your little thumbs to working. You're cool. And uh, we appreciate it very much. We got uh, an interesting show next week because when I was in Nashville last week, Rick Flair and I talked, hell, it seemed like all afternoon. It was great. So good. So we'll talk to Nate next week about a lot of things, including the NWA title being decided at All In and what Rick's thoughts are on that, the NWA in general. Uh, so Nate will be back with us next week. You're really going to like this. He's very compelling, very open, very honest, and very has great insight, obviously. Why not? He's Rick Flair. And then we're also going to have a special presentation where we're going to break the news of the new PWI number one. And the PWI 500, the big issue that comes out every year, most sold, most bought issue of the year in wrestling magazines. Uh, and the PWI 500 is coming out imminently next week on our show. We'll have not only... Dan Murphy from PWI will also have the winner and the person that will be on the cover of the PWI 500 issue so a packed show next week as well I hope you'll check us out remember uh, the King and I are in uh, good old Chicago, Rosemont Chicagoland uh, this Thursday night for our second JR and the King live show, hope you can join us there tickets available at the door if, you're, if you haven't bought your tickets yet uh, come see us, you'll have a lot of fun I promise you And tickets on both VIP and GA level general mission uh, are still available. So uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, I certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, I'm very grateful for your support, telling friends about our show. Uh, Remember to go out and do something nice to somebody, for somebody that's not expecting it. You'll feel so much better being a good human being and trying to help others. It's a big deal. And we don't see enough of it in our world these days, no matter where you live. Be kind to others. It's not a hard theory, hard proposition to figure out. So until then, from the mighty Westwood One in Los Angeles, California, Culver City to be exact, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network: The Raven Effect.
1: Who is the real you? Me? The real me yeah. is 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 more is a lot what you get on the podcast. I mean, that's you know you know me that that's pretty much the real me. So I you know you wonder what people are really like, you know what their real interests are, you know, or if they're just pretty much what they what you see is what you get.
2: The Raven Effect. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One
1: Podcast Network.